This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you love underground music and movies, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed shirts, vinyl, CDs, and more. Go to portlanddistro.com. Plug in the discount code MikeHill666 for 15% off at portlanddistro.com. This is a holiday weekend here in the States. And, uh, it's the like, 4th of July, right? Yeah, you know, I figured I'd celebrate my freedom while I can, um, you know, <laughs> until the... Well, will, will you let freedom ring with a shotgun blast? <laughs> until, uh, you know, this becomes a totalitarian government, um, you know, or the, <laughs> the rednecks, like, you know, plan another, uh, you know, governmental overthrow. I figured I'd take uh-huh. advantage of this holiday right now and celebrate freedom. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I saw you celebrating with a, with a Guido, a Guido, with a Guido. Yeah, sandwich, sandwich yesterday or something. And I was like, oh, there's Guido. That's a German name. Ah, I remember that's <laughs> that's Guido. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, these American sandwiches, dude. Like, it always kills me because they look so fucking good, and no one here doesn't like that. You just have these shitty subway things, and no one goes there. And uh, we we used to like in Mannheim there was. Um, it was actually Jeff's Jeff's sub place, and there was a like a GI couple that were stationed in Mannheim when there were still GIs there. And he opened up like an American sandwich and hoagie store. And dude, I was there all the time. Like he did like full on Bill Cosby sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I lo- I loved that, and it was so good. And no one does it like this. You can only get fucking Subways. Who actually like I never go there. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't mess around Subway, uh, and and uh, that type of thing. Speci- I mean, the U.S. has great sandwich places all over the country. You know, I mean, my yeah. my preference is the Italian American style of sandwich. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, for some reason, yesterday I figured you know, it was a holiday. Like I don't normally eat like that, and um, yeah. I just was like, man, I could go for an Italian sandwich. And of yeah. course, I live in New Jersey, so I have to. Uh, <laughs> I love- uh, it's pretty easy to find one, but there is an excellent one right in my neighborhood it's called fresco and i went in there oh, and nice. they had you pick it you pick whatever variety of sandwich you want and um you go for it and they also have all the italian specialties like uh you know the different types of olive oils and you know like cannoli cannoli cookies and marzipan mm-hmm. cookies yeah, no. and all that kind of stuff and uh nice so it was a nice uh, afternoon you know i worked like you know half usually friday i work a half a day because I uh-huh. work most of my hours Monday through Thursday. And then, uh, uh-huh. yeah, so it was cool. Kind of kicking off the holiday weekend for myself. And uh, Nice. It was nice. You know, I like sandwiches yeah, cool. every now and then. Yeah, th- I think that's the thing. Like, I'm, I mean, the last weeks I ate horrible because there was just no time and I like didn't really exercise and didn't go for jogging and stuff. I'm like, uh, now I have six weeks to get back in shape and do like some yoga for my back and shit like that. The gyms are back open. Right. So I, I and also have to just like cook better and eat better food. But, um, you know, like I, I always been a pro wrestling fan and I, I think the rock is an entertaining character. So I follow his Instagram. Yeah, me too. I and follow I would, the rock. Yeah. And, and this dude, I mean, his work ethic is amazing and he always does these cheat meals. And of course, like when he does his cheat meal, I would probably die of like a cardiac arrest after that. <laughs> 
but it's just like that's the exact thing to do like be disciplined do your workout stay healthy and now and then just like kick it back and be a normal human and just like no fuck it i'm eating this now yeah i i actually a couple of health things i i got injured a couple of weeks ago i sprained my ankle and uh so oh, yeah i, I haven't yeah. i haven't been training for like the last couple of weeks because i've been healing that oh. and uh and then last weekend down in atlantic city uh Justin and Drew, the two, the, the drummer and bass player in Tombs, they have a, a Motorhead mm. cover band. And, oh, nice! Uh, so they they played at uh, this the first annual Weed Festival in New Jersey. And, okay. Uh, so there was like you know people were selling uh, you know hemp clothing and you know all the mm. kind of marijuana related CBD stuff, and they had bands playing. Nice. So I went down to Atlantic City, and you know it was the first time I was around a lot of people, and then. I came home and I, I was actually I actually got nervous. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated, but I, I got mm. a, I ended up getting sick. Like I had like a, a cold, like a common cold. Oh. So oh, I got man. I got my you know COVID test negative, and uh, yeah, so I'm almost fully recovered from the from the the uh, sprained ankle, and now I'm just like just getting over like having a, a one of those summer colds. So okay, yeah. So it's like been like uh, low energy the last week or so, last couple of weeks. For me, yeah. yeah. But like I always, I think like your work ethic and the way you like work out and everything. Like I think at some time the body just needs the time to say like, okay, give me a two weeks off, and I mean you will be back with your grind and doing it and kicking it old school. And uh, I think now and then the body has the right to just say like, okay, dude, like give me a break for a week or something. Yeah, I mean it's funny because I, you know, I, I'm kind of an extreme person, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. yeah. I was getting crazy with the amount of time I was spending uh, doing Muay Thai. Like I was, yeah. like I, w I counted it up that on average I was training between seven and ten hours every week. Wow. Yeah, okay. it's a lot. I mean, I, I got nothing else to do, man. There's no shows. It's like, yeah. I don't have like uh, you know a lady down here or anything like that. So it's just just go to the gym, work, do band stuff, and that's it. You know, read books. Yeah, but dude. That's that's a thought that I actually had. It's like you're you're doing the band, you're recording two podcasts, um, you're doing the workout, you're actually working. It's like how the fuck are you able to listen to all these podcasts that you mention, the shows you watch, and the movies? <laughs> it's just like I I always say like man, it's like they always like whenever I listen to a podcast of Necro or everything like black, I'm like, how the fuck does he get all this done? It's like I I work so much and I'm like just like oh, I'm beat. I can't do it anymore. It's like I have a like I bought so much vinyl and I haven't even touched it in, in forever, man. Well, the podcast stuff during the day, I mean, I'm sitting here by yeah. myself for the most part and you know working, and I, I just have it on in the background when I when I work. Yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, because yeah, well, gosh, that's that's not for me because like yeah. I, I am in a room with thirty kids, so that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, I assumed that much that it, you must be like listening to it while you're doing your work. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, it's it's just having on in the background, listening to stuff, and you know, put some music on, like that sort of thing. All right. Yeah, cool. So let me ask you. You mentioned uh, you working on a, a new Ultha record. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got the. Well, we actually have the complete record written, and uh, we uh, had a rehearsal weekend last week. That's why I had to postpone the podcast because, like, our one guitar player lives in Berlin. So he has to come down and uh, do this stuff. And um, yeah, we're getting ready. And like in four weeks, we'll start recording the drums. And then, um, 
yeah, from that, like part by for part, because Andy, our keyboard player who records all the stuff, he used to have a studio, but the landlord uh, said like he needs the room now and he kicked him out. So oh, we man. will actually, yeah, it's, it's shitty because we, like it was in a, in, a, in a regular housing facility of like for eight, eight, eight apartments. It was in the basement. And uh, Andy started building a room within a room. So like he, it was not attached to the walls or anything. And uh, we helped him back then. So we constructed this structure in the basement, which was like a badass recording and rehearsal studio. And now the time, like the landlord was like, oh, cool, you did that. I need a studio. So um, I'm going to take this for myself. Now. Oh, man, really? He just like yeah, took it yeah. over. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, he said, like, I'll, I'll give you a bunch of like a bit of money for, for the material. And then he just like kicked him to the door. It's like, oh, man, I, right. think I probably would have demolished that entire room when I left, probably. Yeah, our our idea is pretty much to like once he like in two months when he has a studio in there to just call the fire department to check <laughs> on the basement because that's... it's not really like fire insured. <laughs> oh wow, that's a great idea actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. That was like a sh yeah. And then he's like, okay, so I don't have a proper studio now, and our rehearsal room is okay, but there are bands next door, and also it's not a big room. And we said, like, we can do guitars there, reamping and shit. That's not the problem. But for the drums, it won't work. So we'll actually, because um, the school is closed now for six weeks, I talked to my dean and asked them if there's, there's, we've got one big, like, real, like, almost like little hall room for, um, for the music, music education. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked them if it's cool if we record the drums there, because that would have been, it's pretty much a room similar to like, uh, like not as fancy, but from the size of the room of, um, damn, the Shellac guy, uh, Albini. Oh, yeah, Albini, yeah. Yeah, okay. so it's like a proper room with a high ceiling to, to just record the drums there. Oh, wow. So we'll do that. And after that, we will just record at Andy's place, just like, recording the tracks into the like just straight the signal to the computer and then reamp it in the studio um uh, in, in the rehearsal space then that's how we did uh, the last records too so it always sounds great but you have to have a good room for the drums i think i mean these days yeah. especially with everything being so portable i mean you know i have a sim yeah. probably maybe it might even be the same interface i i just got one of those focus right uh scarlet you know, input is mine, yes. mine is eight inputs, but they make like, like that whole system that Focusrite has is scalable. Yes. Like you can just keep adding modules to yeah. it. And you can have to a whole 24 tracks of, of audio. You know, it's great. Yeah. yeah. I have that too. I have the, I have the two channel one for my like home recordings and that's, that's really reliable and easy to handle. Yeah. yeah. Just throw it in a rack case, bring your laptop, get a, uh, you know, external hard drive and you're ready to rock, man. You can go yes. anywhere, mic everything up and have like a, a real deal, like drum sound. Cause you know, focus right preamps are awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So this will be happening and then, uh, yeah, piece by piece, we'll put it together. Like the goal is to have it done, mixed and mastered by October. And Stefan of Vendetta Records, because we're back with him, um, he has a slot booked at the pressing plant because the pressing plants here are nine months behind now. Oh man! So really? like, yes. So if you like, because all the like, we all like everybody. What he presses in the Czech Republic, and there are these two big pressing plants where every like Southern Lords pressing there and have it shipped to the states and 
I think Relapse does it too, or something. Yeah, like, they, I like a lot do. of. I can definitely yeah. attest for that. Pirates Press, yeah. Yes, right, and and they have like because of the first it was because of COVID because of like half the staff being sick, and then because of COVID like the materials like the the source material like the plastics and colors and everything they're they're missing so like they have to order it and then it takes them forever to get this and then it takes them forever to to press a record. That's why the ropes record has also been like pushed to September now, and I mean the record was done in gen like in January. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy. But now he, since Stefan has like a personal connection, and he actually booked like a thousand copies, and then it's just like, okay, we need to stop by October. Then you will guaranteed have the record early 2022, and yeah, we will tour in April of 2022. So by that time, someday we will re release the record. Yeah. That's not so bad. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta keep in mind, you know, just you know, everyone's kind of getting back on the on the saddle you know these days and and it's yeah you know 2022 might not be such a is it really that far off i mean we're, we're already no. in july so you know and it's also like the the overkill of releases this year you can really see that last year people had a lot of time on their hands <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's like i always do like this spotify playlist with tracks that i like usually like i narrow it down like from 40 songs to 25 at the end of the year Right now, this list is about 60 songs long already, and it's it's just like mid mid of the year. So um, it's pretty. I think it's like probably a good idea not to release like a proper record now. As much as like it was uh, like I mean, you saw it with Tombs. It's like last year releasing something just like fell into this pit, and now this year there will be like an overkill of stuff. And next year we will see, but next year we'll have the problem with all the postponed tours and festivals happening. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, our our record did pretty well actually last year coming out in the pandemic, even though we weren't able to support it. And uh, so I was yeah. pretty happy about that. I mean, we're we're yeah. actually releasing, um, you know, like a small. It's I'm I'm going to call it a single because it's not really okay. really like a, a proper EP either, even though there's like five tracks on it. And uh, yeah. That just went off to mastering yesterday, and uh, cool. It's gonna be like uh, you know, there's a tour that we're doing in November, just a short regional tour, and the idea is just to have something out that's like a new, at least one new song, and people can be yeah. like, oh yeah, cool, I forgot, you know, I remember now, I, now I remember who these guys are, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I I like this. I like like small releases in between. I mean, we always did it. For us, it had like this purpose as well. Like, oh yeah, right, this band is still around. Cool. That's how like how they're progressing. And also for us, it was always great to test out new recordings me methods sure. to be like, okay, this will be the next full length, and this is how we want to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this um, did I? I, don't, I should send you the track. It's uh, you know, with we we wrote a single like with uh with with like a shorter song with like a verse mm -hmm. and chorus. You know, and, yeah, and cool. uh, I was uh you know, playing around with like just concepts of songwriting and that stuff as well. Uh, yeah. So that's like kind of the, the track, you know, and then there's, yeah. like, we did two covers. We did um, Killed by Death by Motorhead and uh, oh, nice. Commit Suicide by Gigi Allen. And, uh, oh, nice. Oh. And then the other side, of the, the side two is going to, there's a remix that Alop, who, you know, he used to be in dialect, mm -hmm. he uh, remixed uh, Somber Ruin from the, from the LP. 
and nice uh, and that's I, i'm like you pick what whatever track you want and i've kind of thought he would do that one because it is more the ambient sort of swans kind mm. of song that's but he went way 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 out man it's cool it's like very very interesting very different and it's he fully flexed his his uh abilities and i thought it sounds great and then oh, uh, fantastic and then the the last track is um it's a, a, a collaboration with Dwid Hellion from Integrity. Huh. It's a, uh, you know, ambient kind of, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, an ambient track, I guess. But, cool. you know, he, he, he contributed some sounds that he typically used for that Vermapier project that he does. I don't know if you're okay, familiar. Nice, yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah of course. Yeah, man, dude, I'm a Dwid maniac when it comes to, like, I know this stuff. Man. Yeah, it's great. I love that. It's, uh, I always wonder why no, like, not a lot of people know about that. Yeah, I mean, it's like super, super raw, like recorded. I mean, you know, very, but it's like, it has like such a unique sound. And um, yeah. I mean, what comes to mind is like, you know, the, that uh, Les Légions Noires, the, um, you know, the uh, the French, yeah. you know, like Vlad Tepes and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. It, it sort of has that sound without actually using like guitars and, you know, like traditional instruments, I think. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, they had like a like a bunch of like these these underground collectives. They played around with like harsh noise and ambient, but making it sound like a raw tape of like raw black metal. Yeah. And I mean, that's like I'm all over that shit. It's like most of the like properly produced black metal nowadays doesn't really do the trick for me. But uh, I mean, when we did like the the um, this uh, what was that name for it? like at metal uh, metal matters when right. I like this yeah. five. He's there. When I talked about uh, Turia or uh, Sanguine Eagle and these kind of bands, so like a more lo-fi approach to it, and I'm I'm like I have a, like a lot of tapes from that, like especially like Russian and Ukrainian black metal, and I can I can fuck with this all the time. It's like, yeah, <laughs> Poland really seems to be coming across with some great bands too. Um, yeah, my my I, I don't know. Have you listened to uh, my buddy Jackie Smith's podcast Into the Necrosphere? Uh, no, I, I heard they mentioned the name, but I didn't listen to the podcast. Well, I mean, I know, I know you probably don't have a lot of time just because, you know, you, you, I mean, well, yeah. actually now you're in the summer vacation. So if you do find yeah. yourself on like a run or something like that and you want something mm -hmm. to check out, just a anyone out there, like Jackie's been on this show before, like we've done, you know, we've done each other's podcast before. But anyone who likes extreme music should definitely check out Into the Necrosphere, man. I've been a guest on there. You know, it's uh, fun. Mm -hmm. That dude knows. I don't know how he, like, he is such a resource of obscure black metal. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just name, uh, name any country, and he'll tell you, like, oh, yeah, well, that's where the, all these bands are from. And he knows, like, I don't know how he finds out about it. But I, I like, have a pen and paper every time I listen to his show. And I take mm. I take notes on all these bands, and they're all pretty good. You know, they're all very good, actually. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to this, I'm also I think pretty pretty nerdy because I I follow like still like the way through blogs and labels and um, just like reading comparisons. And there's like a bunch of cool underground labels, and when you follow their feeds, and you will get like all these crazy ass bands no one has ever heard of. And there's like a strong scene in Denmark right now with amazing bands. And uh, uh, so I followed them. And uh, I mean, America has like a fucking great underground scene when it comes to this. I mean, let alone in New York, the House of First Light people. 
it's just like they have such great bands doing exactly this like lo-fi self-recorded more demo-ish kind of record recordings and that's just like that's for me that's basically like how i grew up listening to black metal most of the times because it has this lo-fi obscure atmosphere which is like leaning into ambient and also like goth music sometimes and there's like uh i can also make you a list with some great bands at some point in the holidays yeah yeah absolutely man like, i'm always looking for new bands you know i yeah you know i'm not one of those guys who's like so jaded that i i know it all like i like the bands i like because yeah. they're you'd be surprised how many people are like that whether they're even yeah. in movies like there are horror fans out there that don't watch new horror films. Yeah. They're like, I just like, you know, John Carpenter in the 80s or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's, you're yeah. missing out. No. Yeah. I'm also not that guy. It's just like whenever like, I have this discussion about black metal and the same with pro wrestling. It's just, I mean, as I said, like I'm a pro wrestling fan. And when people tell me about like, oh, man, these days with The Undertaker and, and Bret Hart, 1984, blah, I'm like, Yo, this is, I mean, it's essential stuff. That's where it comes from. But nowadays, there's such a variety of really good wrestling, which is like entertaining and acrobatic and tough and not like this stale old fat people falling around the ring. And But they just want the retro stuff and they just will rewatch this instead of like you know, like opening their eyes to newer stuff. Yeah, yeah I, it's, it's, um, it's puzzling why people aren't are averse to like learning about new things. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, yeah. kind of, it's like, I, I, I just, I'm always looking for new stuff, new movies, music, yeah. anything, you know, books, whatever. And what I like about like, it's with, um, with like the trend that like a lot of people, like younger kids and younger people in general are just like, they're again, paying more like attention to the roots where the stuff comes from. So, of course, they will be like, you know, they will enter the hardcore scene because of some popular band. But a lot of people like take the time to actually find out, like, where does it come from? And then they're like, OK, I like this. I like this. And then I like will blend it together to something that sounds familiar, but it's fresh and vital and new. And there's um, when I when I thought about like the episode today and like let out this, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Dude, I found the band, man. OK, the band. I tell you, like, it's, it's, it's probably like, I, I thought about like, okay, Mike, I found the band our wet dreams are about. Well, let's hear it. It's, man. It's, I want, I'm, 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 dude, I want to hear it. Okay. So I, before I say like the shitty name of the band, describe the shitty artwork of the record. <laughs> this like, just from my, you know, like as you and I, we both listen to music very closely and you know, there's like, okay, we can guess references. So they like probably like this band and that band. And it's like, I think for Randy too. And I listened, like, I got this record and I listened to it. I'm like, holy shit. Like, Randy and Mike will love it. And then I played it a bunch of times. I'm like, if you and I and Randy would start a hardcore punk band, it would probably sound like this. Okay. So it has, it has, um, it's definitely like Feel the Darkness, Poison Idea. Right. Early Hellhammer, Celtic Frost stuff. Nice. Um, slip it, slip it in. Black flag. Oh wow! Okay. N negative approach, septic death stuff. Um, the vocals remind me of a mixture of uh, of um, choke, of slapshot, and wit of integrity. I can see that. Yeah. This, the whole thing is super nasty. It's really ignorant, 
and the vocals are drenched in reverb and still loud enough and the guitars have this weird chorusy kind of sound and then like with the fourth song all of a sudden they sound like christian death and the rest is just like pummeling noisy hardcore and then they drift off and like a almost dronish swans kind of thing in the end the whole fucking record is like 20 minutes long and has everything we all love and the band is called oily boys <laughs> oily boys all right what, what, oily are they, boys are they obviously they're european so <laughs> <laughs> no they're actually from australia oh okay all and right the, and the record is called crow memory grin and it's it's dude i will post it in our staff lounge later and i'm i'm sure you will like if you will play it's 20 minutes long and i i'm pretty sure you will say this is one of the best things you've heard in ages right on man that's 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 great man i um uh, it sounds exactly like the kind of stuff i would be into man for sure yeah man it's it's uh do you know that band occultocrati yeah 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 they um and actually they... that band's like we way years and years and years ago when Marco still booked us in Europe, there was yeah. a um uh there was a tour that we were that never happened, but it was put out there that was like Tombs, Occult of Karate and uh and Death Heaven. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I remember it never happened though. Okay. Yeah. So I, I like Occult of Karate kind of lost their mind at some point and went into I think the guitar main guitar player broke his hand to a point he couldn't play anymore. So they integrated synths and everything and oh. they're still a good band. But the first record they did, No Light for Mass, sounds like a Celtic Frost record. Like yeah. one of the first two Celtic Frost. And they like Oily Boys have that same vibe, but played with a more like black flag kind of urgency. And it's just like it's like rocking and has like these weird overtones. And I'm pretty sure in the in the reverb, it's some song is like a saxophone playing through oh, a wow. distortion pedal. Okay. So I, I do like from out of nowhere, the record came out last summer. I, it's just like Sean from Cult Nation. He actually sent it to me and said like, dude, check this out. And I put it on like after the first two songs, like okay, holy shit, this is if I could start a hardcore punk band, this is the kind of hardcore punk. I to play yeah man you know that's a really good source cult nation for new very cool like new stuff you know yeah sean and meg are great i used to be in touch with sean and meg pretty regularly man i should drop those guys a line i like those people yeah man yeah they they they're they're so into this thing i mean they've been doing it forever and i mean i i mean we did our like when we interviewed ourselves that was for cult nation way back and I wrote some. I wrote the first article about Breach there, and uh, Chris Noir of like Otha, he wrote for that, and he got in touch about playing. So that's how we met. And like without Cult Nation, we would have probably not met, and would have not have met. And also, then they asked us if we wanted to contribute the Bathory cover we did, which ended up making us friends with Moras, this great German band you would also totally love. And then we did this, like the the Bathory split, and then we did the Fields of Nephilim split together. And like Cult Nation is such an integral part of the scene when you want to have great underground music with a certain, I mean, everything art. They do do movies, they do like clothing and everything, but it is all very, like it has a lot of integrity. And Sean and Megan are just putting their hearts into it. And I love these two guys met them once when I was in the States and they just premiered the the Ropes of Night music video and they were so 
like they just didn't repost the video, but like Megan wrote like this whole thing about how much she likes the record and what it reminds her of and what feelings she has. And they everything they do is 110%. So yeah, if people out there listening to this podcast haven't checked out Cult Nation, please, please do so and follow these guys. Yeah, I, fo- I follow them too, man. And, and it's like they have, um, there's always like videos of these bands that I'm like, man, I check out everything they post. And I, a lot of that stuff is really cool. It's like new, like a lot of it's like newer, like hardcore, but with yes. like this, like a very unique sort of like uh, vibe to it. You know, it's um, because, you yeah. know, I, I'm not a big hardcore fan um, personally. You know, I, there's certain bands I like, but a lot of like typical hardcore stuff like is not really my, my cup of tea. But they the stuff that they put on there is like it's different, you know, and, and I, yeah, like, I like the kind of stuff they do. It's mostly gritty and has a lot of power and energy. And it's just like more of the stuff that you and Randy always talk about or you and I. It's just like it's not Youth of Today or Gorilla Biscuit. It's more in that vein of like the aggressive hardcore punk. It's more nihilistic and yeah. darker. So, And Oily Boys, like they pretty much tick all these boxes. And then it's always for me, it's like, okay, if there's a new band, I want to see how they look, like how they play. And then, like, they've been around for since 2012 or something. And they just released an EP in 2014. And then, like, in 2020, they released their debut full length, which is, like, 20 minutes. And the band is, like, these uncool, like, regular people just playing this aggressive music. And the singer looks like the guy from Turbo Negro, but, like, in a black metal way. So, like, chubby, long hair, leather jacket, no shirt on. So he would get kicked. <laughs> kicked out of like two thirds of German venues, like the DIY venues. But yeah, man, this box, uh, this band, they're they're the shit, man. Uh, that's right. You can't. You have to. You, you can't go shirtless in a venue in Germany. In, in some of them, in yeah. Some, in right. Some of them. That's funny. Yeah. Whenever, like, if you ever meet uh, TJ again of Inter Armor, um, asking about like, I, I think I told you the story about Ayotz Bielefeld, <laughs> where he. Uh, took off his shirt to play the drums and instantly the show was stopped. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that, uh, there, there seems to be like three things that a lot of people have in common that like me, like extreme music, you know, people like heavy metal, extreme music, punk, hardcore, horror movies, and also yeah. comics. Yes. Yeah. That's how Mike and I met actually. Cause Mike Scandato, my, um, my host, co-host over at Necromaniacs, he and his brother used to own a comic book shop in Brooklyn called Brooklyn Monster Factory. And that's how Mike and I's friendship started. So, yeah, important. It's, it's, it really seems to be the common three denominators. I just like, like I told you, I watched this uh, Anthrax documentary in several parts on YouTube. And there was a episode about Bring the Noise, yeah. like the this public enemy song. And it has, like, you see Scott Ian, Charlie Benanti, and all the other guys from Anthrax. And then there's Chuck D. There's guests like the guy from Living Color, Henry Rollins. And they all do, like, these where they give their thoughts. And they're sitting at home recording themselves with a camera. And 98% of them have some horror merchandise, DVDs, Blu-rays, or comic book stuff in the background. So it seems the thing that everybody is into, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was, 
huge. I, I got to be honest, in the last like 10 years maybe, I kind of fell out of buying regular comics every week, but I do read the trades when they come out. That's kind of how I do it these days. Yeah. But I, I was a massive I, collector for most of my life, actually. I also t- like spend tons of hours. You know, it's the same with record stores, like browsing through the shelves. Oh, this looks cool. Or this, oh, I heard about this. There's and then there's like buying seven inches, you know, like there's a comic book. Oh, it's, it's like two bucks or something. Just take it home and then you like it and you start collecting this too. It's just like gets addictive after a while. But uh, I mean, nowadays, most people like with music, they stream it. So they have like a app for their favorite comic book company and read it on their tablet. And I never, never did this. It's like I want to have the paper copy of it. Um, but I remember like the pain of a collector. It's like there's two issues missing out in the middle. <laughs> and especially, I mean, you live in the States where these things come from. So it's it's like you could like write to the office of like Marvel or DC and probably get a copy. But here everything was imported. And sometimes this shit just was never sent out. And I remember like these, uh, I mean, we'll talk about stuff that we really like, but I have like these memories of collecting one like straight like one storyline that went through several comic books brand brands and uh then you miss like one copy in the middle so like you could just like go on and read like the the copy after that but it's like watching a tv show and leaving out episode five it's just it, it works but it sucks it's like okay yeah there's a recap but so yeah that's why i tend to when i buy then I'd also buy paperbacks now and not like the the small issues uh but I'll still love them like getting a one out of plastic bag and just smelling the paper is always amazing yeah dude I I um for the la- like I said for the last few years I've just been waiting for the trades to come out and I just buy those but I yeah. I, I kind of miss going every week you know I mean just once again some nostalgia like that was going going to Mike's shop on on uh when the comics came out on Wednesdays was like the high point of my week, man. It broke up the week and it was, I would show up there right after work and I would just, we would stay until they closed. And sometimes we would hang out after the store closed. And it was like uh, everyone you would, there was just like a, a bunch of guys who always showed up to get their books. And it was like Lou, Lou from sick of it all used to come in to get his comics. And like, uh-huh. um, you know, I would, I would go, and Mike was there and like his brother, John, and you know, my ex-girlfriend Jacqueline used to work there. And, and it was like, you know, I actually, I met her work. I met her from her time working there. Actually, it's interesting uh-huh. that way, but, but yeah, it, it, um, it, it's that aspect of it. I really miss, but I also just the, I just don't have the, the time to, to read a weekly book weekly books anymore you know what i mean yeah i mean yeah. We, we were talking about earlier you're like i don't understand how you get all this stuff done sometimes and i'm like i don't know either but i yeah. have to relegate like you know the weekends you know is like a good time for me to like really enjoy reading and, and getting into other stuff so yeah. so yeah i i get the trades and and the one thing I'm, I'm really actually looking forward to that berserker comic that uh that boom uh boom studios put out recently Mm, yeah, I heard you talking about this on the podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and that's uh, that's going to be the trade hasn't come out yet because it's only like two or three issues. So, you know, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember like when we did that European tour of Tombs and uh, Langs when we were in the UK. 
with uh what was that black horse that band yeah, yep and and um i remember that like before that you introduced me to the walking dead stuff oh yeah and yep. a after that tour i think there was two paperbacks out and i i started buying the walking dead paperbacks and that's like i still do that and like i i would have not have a chance to get the single comic books of that and it's just like they're like these paperbacks are like these like image does most of the times they're just like the perfect format yeah and um I mean, there's a bunch of those, and I mean, Marvel and DC and, and Vertigo reissues—they all do a killer job with these paperbacks. And it's for me, it's the same with—I uh, mean, uh, CDs came and they went and they left, and uh, it's also with DVDs, and they're cool and everything, or Blu-rays. But like the comparison for me, comic books is like vinyl. You know, like you get a paper bag and it has this heavy cartonage outside, the smell, the texture. You have everything, some, something in your hand. And it's just like the same with buying. I don't know. I just recently got the two, the, the three uh, My Bloody Valentine reissues. And you open them up and there's like this heavy vinyl and the feel to it. And it's just like something special. And uh, yeah, that's the same for me with comic books and paperbacks. What did uh what got you into comics? Like what was your your first experience with comic books? Oh man, it's just I mean, I I think I mentioned this on an episode we did for Metal Matters. My father speaks eight languages and he um he wanted me to get into language learning early and uh so he got us a a, a satellite system to uh on our roof we were one of the first to have that just so i could watch american tv so i learn english uh before i even have it in school and uh so there i saw when i was young like the typical american cartoon program gi joe transformers um masters of the universe like, yes right stuff like this so this was my earliest contact to like this animated stuff and um, I think there was like this old, this old, uh, I think it's Spider-Man and his amazing friends with Firestar and Iceman. It's, it's like, a, it's a weird, um, it's a weird uh, thing that never happened in the comic books, but there was a TV show they had. Um, there's actually like a cool YouTube channel called Toy Galaxy. And they cover these topics of like 80s, 70s and 80s cartoons and uh, comic books and stuff and then they tell the origin story of that so i remember watching this and then i fell in love with spider-man and i think there's yeah they're still around there's a company called panini which is like not a reference to the italian sandwiches like yeah. <laughs> um and they i i have no idea like I, i've never actually looked it up like how this came about but they released paperbacks at like your bookstores at train stations, but it was they were like an A5 format, so not the like the regular shape comic books have, but they looked like a regular like small pocketbook. Oh, okay, yeah. And 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 I remember my grandfather in Frankfurt when we were out doing I don't know like chores or stuff, and we went to the store bookstore and there was this comic book, and it must have been an Avengers kind of paperback. And to this day, I, of course, I have no recollection. Like I have like images in my head, but there's no way of tracing down what that was. 
but um, I, I think it must be Infinity Wars or Infinity War 2. It had definitely had Doctor Strange and it had Spider-Man in it and Captain America and Iron Man. So I remember this. So this was my actual, like, reading comic books. That was my first contact. And then from there, like, He-Man got his own, like, comic book because that was super successful in 1984 or 1985. So I must have been six or seven years old when I started, like, actually having, like, comic books in my hands. How about you? Yeah, my, my dad, it's funny, my father actually was a, uh, as well, was also a huge... Um influence on that uh he you know for reading purposes like you know my parents neither one of my parents really had uh extensive education so they were very much into me having you know going to you know their their plan was for me to go to college and become like a professional and that kind of thing so they were they were they they very much stressed academics and reading and learning you know being being uh you know intellectual in some ways for lack of a better term so at a very, very young age, probably around six or seven, my dad started reading comic books to me. And I remember, oh, nice. you know, we would, my earliest recollection of a comic book was Thor with a Jack, Jack Kirby artwork in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was, wow. it was back in the 70s. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, um, yeah, it's about right. 70s. The Mar Marvel, Jack Kirby, Thor. And that, that's nice. immediately what I think of when I think about comic books. So then, yeah. You know, I, I would, then I would read them myself and, you know, and, and um, look at the artwork and, and the Kirby artwork really fascinated me because it didn't look like real people. You know, obviously he has a very stylized vision when it comes yeah. to artwork. Um, then, you know, my parents uh, were like, okay, well, you know, let's get some more comics. And if you want to read, you're interested in reading. Like at that point, I, I don't know, I have to have been like maybe, maybe 10 at this point. I was starting to read uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, and, and um, I discovered H.P. Lovecraft, which was hard to read at that age, but I still, like, put my, you know, got my way through it. Yeah. And then Conan was, yeah, yeah. you know, because, like, you saw the, I saw the Conan books, like the Robert E. Howard collections of his short stories yeah. from, from, uh, from Weird Tales. And, um, and then I, I saw the comic book. So then... Conan that was like my big thing I was all into the, that and then somehow my parents bought me the the black and white savage sword of Conan as well okay no man now cool. that might not have been appropriate for a kid like that's nine or ten <laughs> years old honestly yeah. because like you know that that was like the adult version of of uh of the, of the character like there was like you know some nudity in there a little bit more extreme violence and that kind of thing yeah. um you know, and there was a whole slew of uh, black and white magazine magazine-sized books that came out in the '70s uh, that were able to skirt around the comics code and have more adult sort of stuff in there, like eerie and creepy, and like all the Warren Warren titles. Uh, yeah. But the the thing about Savage Sword, and this is like one of the biggest, like sort of um, you know, stimulations to my uh, my my creativity and my imagination was you would so a lot of times you'd get two stories and you'd get this kind of um, text piece, like a piece that was written about like the Hyborian age and stuff like that. Like they would go into mm -hmm. like certain aspects of it, you know, and it was like this, like a, an article almost, it was basically an article. 
So you would get a Conan yeah. story, you would get this article, and then they would also have adaptations of, uh, I think, um, you know, Brand Brand MacMorn and uh, Solomon Kane. No, 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 no Brand MacMorn. It was Solomon Kane was like a backup in a lot of those stories, and they had, uh, yeah. you know, he was like the puritanical sort of character that Howard wrote about that had this. They were more like horror stories because they had to do with the undead and like zombies and things like that. So, mm. so that was like the mar- Marvel, you know, that really, yeah. really was what grabbed me at a very, very young age and also mm. motivated me to start reading more like fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah sure. I, I just, I just thought about like with the description of the Conan thing with the like texts about like the, this is this age or nature, like like getting some knowledge with it. I just imagine because like one of my first uh, encounters, like I said, was like ca- cartoons you know, on TV. And I mean, I didn't understand jack shit of English by that time so when I started watching it. But I remember one sentence and there was uh, the G.I. Joe thing in the end. Uh, and you should know this because knowing is half the battle. And I just imagine Conan in the back of the book explaining stuff like I know it is half the battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. um the uh i mean you, you already spoke about like ever like whenever we talk about stuff from our youth at some point we get drawn to the darkness in the stuff and we always like revolve around this you know like that we like the darker stuff and and it's uh when i think about this i mean i didn't have like comic books like this that have like more horror content but i mean as a young kid like in these i remember i definitely had like from this panini company I don't like I have to find out what what like kind of deal they had with Marvel. But I remember I had one with the Hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. And um I mean we both like we both like Spider-Man. I know that. And 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 Spider-Man is rightfully one of the most popular comic book characters of all times. And he has such he has so many iconic enemies and the Goblin and for me especially the Hobgoblin orange blue purple kind of villain and like this like i mean there was no audio when i read these comic books like i could really hear the laughter and i was shit scared of that and um yeah so like these these kind of darker things which then again revolving to our topic with the 90s in the 90s this all totally popped when comic books got way darker yeah yeah definitely and you know and just just uh the choice of Marvel, like I remember out of the original, you know, grip of comic books that my dad got for me, you know, there was Marvel titles in there, like, you know, the Avengers, you know, there was also Superman, obviously, and Batman and that kind of stuff. And yeah. I just never really liked, I always thought Superman was like one of the most boring characters ever, you know? Yeah. He's like, he's invincible, you know, what, you know, it just didn't interest me at all. And it was also like, I, I don't know if it's posh to say, but it was insulting that anyone would like, he has the same hairstyle like as, as Clark Kent as a Superman. He's just taking off his glasses. Oh my God, that's Superman. It's like, like, really? You know, with Batman or Spider-Man, at least like you couldn't see under the mask. Or I was like, if they would have at least given him like one power from Krypton is that people can't really see his actual face when they see him or something. But it was just so stupid. It's just like, okay, he takes off the glasses. Oh my God, look, it's Superman. It's like, uh, yeah, you're dumb, right? And it's just like, yeah, from, 
I don't know, man. It's like I I don't think that DC was really popular. Like maybe in like it was, but in these shops where I bought my first comic books, there was no DC. And um, so nowadays, like I think also like Aquaman and and maybe Flash. I I think I could have dug Flash when I was younger, but like Green Lantern. I know, like I had a buddy who was a big Green Lantern fan. I tried to read some of the stuff, and it just didn't click with me. Yeah, I, it's yeah. I never understood why no one knew Clark Kent was Superman either. You know what I mean? Huh. I mean, obviously, and Batman was the only exception because, like, you know, Batman was a darker character. You know, his parents yes. were murdered. He was like this kind of psychopath. You know that. But most of the DC characters, they and also they took place in these fictitious cities too. And like for me, you know, I grew up. Huh. I grew up in the suburbs of New York City. Uh, all yeah. of the Marvel action took place in and around new york city for the most part and there was like names of places and that were familiar yeah. familiar to me you know and and um you know like spider-man was from queens you know that was like yeah. interesting to me you know yeah of course i couldn't understand that you know the x-men just... doctor uh dr x's compound was in westchester county which is like the next county down from where i lived you know huh. oh nice okay yeah. wow i never thought about that yeah yeah, it's just, I don't know, like, it just happens, or it happened in DC, never clicked, except, like you said, for Batman, and to this day, it's like, when I, I always try to go back to DC titles, and, I mean, you, Jeff, and, like, I, we always, like, all we spoke about, like, the DC, the Snyder Cut, that was great, and I like both these Superman movies, and, uh, but the rest of these, I mean, like I said, Aquaman is like two hours of my life. I will never get back. And it's just like dreadful. And um, these three Nolan Batman films are amazing. And also like the Tim Burton Batman movies, they were amazing. He has, he has like the greatest villains in the DC universe. He's like a great character. And uh, I was actually, yeah, that's like something I wanted to pitch. My, my, my feeling is now, I'm curious what you will say. Daredevil is the Batman of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, no, I, I've I've always felt that actually. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely the. Yeah, you know, I, I can. I mean, I, that that's right on the money, man. Definitely. Yeah. Even though Moon Knight, the character Moon Knight, yeah, on paper, is closer to Batman than than Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. But I've always saw. But Moon Knight is kind of a marginal character. Like he was never as popular as Daredevil. And also, like the difference is, he has supernatural abilities. Yeah. And uh, and and Daredevil and Batman are just well-trained, like people that have no superpowers. Actually, they're just like their their maybe their ambition or like their their fuel is like uh, is supernatural, but they are like no magical characters. Yeah. And actually, uh, probably Daredevil is one of the. Um... Another milestone for me, at least, is the Frank Miller run of Daredevil. Oh where, man, yeah. Know, Miller wrote the uh, Electra into the into the whole saga, and yeah, you know, and that the Miller Daredevil, you know, and of course Miller took his stab at Batman a few years after that with the Dark Knight. Yeah. That really set the precedent for how comics were were going, what direction the comic book industry was going in, because that was like. I think Miller's run was uh, late seventies into the eighties, yeah. And uh, that really—I mean, kind of, I think Daredevil actually, as a character, the title really wasn't selling very well. And then, and they had to make a change with the writing staff, 
and then people became obsessed with that whole run you know i have that run yeah. actually of, of comic books too i have, I have it as a paperback yeah it's great and uh again man it's like this topic we had before with music it's in the early 90s something got more sinister more real in a way and I mean, we had like we all we, we talked about Vertigo comics before and also the change in the Marvel narratives, like things got darker and bleaker. And there was uh, when like mid 90s when Image Comics popped up with like Spawn and yeah. and all these like the darkness, Witchblade. And that was like the, the, it was a more gritty style. It was more realistic, but also like the, the enemies were darker and more gloomy. And that was the time I was completely hooked, like where I was really collecting shit. And when I thought about like, okay, what titles were like the most, um, yeah, the ones that like impressed me the most, they were all from that time. Yeah, actually, I think that probably the two biggest influences on the 90, where the 90s ended up going were Frank Miller and Alan Moore, you know, with the work they did in the 80s, like Miller. Yeah. You know, yep. Miller had, you know, the, obviously the run in Daredevil. He had Ronin, you know, that short, the, uh, the miniseries Ronin, mm. the, the Dark Knight. And then Alan Moore mm. had Watchmen. And, and that was like a game changer for everybody when Watchmen came out. And then yes. subsequ subsequently in the 90s, that's when, you know, the comic book as, as like a legitimate media medium um, really stepped up because actually there were there were a bunch of these other companies like Eclipse and um, Bravura and these smaller labels that were taking chances. Top, Top Cow, I think, yep. was also a company. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't Image. Image was Image and Vertigo were the two that really stepped up and you know put things I think into another another creative yeah. creative uh, level. You know. Yeah, Todd McFarlane. I mean, to this day, like I follow his Instagram and Facebook channel. And he always draws stuff. And like when he draws a Spider-Man or a Batman, it's just like this uh, spawn for me was really a game changer because it was such, I mean, it's for me, it's the thing with masks too. I'm always fascinated with masks. That's like when, when Slipknot came out, I was like intrigued. It's the same with like this band Mushroom Head, which is terrible, but it has J, J, but it has Jay Popson as the main vocalist who sang on the first Inco Blep record and did the vocals on Inter Integrity 2000. And like the masks is like, they're always intriguing. And so like, especially the form, like, like Spawn's mask kind of has the same mask form as a Spider-Man mask or something. Okay, so it has yeah, like this. Yeah. yeah, right. And Venom, yeah, there we have it. Venom is my favorite Marvel character of all times. And that's why I hated the movie so much. But the when I like when we started talking about like me missing issues, there was the uh, spy, uh, like Venom Spider-Man Venom Ultimate Carnage series, oh, yeah. which mm -hmm. which had like Carnage and these four other uh, symbiotes. And it was I was think it was spread out through like Spider-Man, Uncanny Spider-Man, and then you had to get like an issue of all the stuff you regularly won't buy. And then I found about, I think that was late 80s. I think that was early 90s or late 80s. And so when I found out about that, there was no paperback about it. Like, I couldn't get it. But Mannheim had, like, a gigantic comic book store who had, like, all these old issues. So I was able to track down and with the guy working there, ordering from the States. At some point, I had them all together. 
but it took me maybe a year to have like a series of I think it was 12 issues which were spread out across five series and it was worth it because I fucking loved it but it was so hard to find this stuff yeah yeah you know that was um yeah a lot of the uh the the there are a couple other things that I really were notable in the 90s that came out and, and I, I I'm going to keep going back to Alan Moore because he's like one of my favorite yeah. all-time writers and he still continues to put yeah. out great stuff man like uh you know he has that whole uh, neonomicon and you know the yeah. providence and all this like lovecraftian kind of stuff he's doing yeah. but uh you know the swamp thing you know preacher oh, man. Garth Ennis' yes. preacher Moore's, oh man Moore's V one of Vendetta. the best yeah yeah you know, John Constantine's Hellblazer, that was another creative, Alan Moore created him in Swamp Thing, but it was, I think the series was actually written more by like Jamie Delano and Garth Ennis, yeah. you know, and of course yeah. Sandman, the Neil Gaiman series. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if they will ruin this as well, or if they will make it good, because I thought like when Swamp Thing came out as a TV show, the first few episodes I really loved it, yeah. and then the, it just like faded into mediocrity. And it was, I think, it was canceled after the first episode showed. <laughs> so they already canceled it when they just showed one episode. It's like okay, so now I'm invested in the show. But um, I mean, I remember this late '70s Swamp Thing movie. That was one of the movies that scared me as a kid. But like in this show, I mean, they used the technology they had and that show was dark and it was brutal and it was everything I loved about Swamp Thing. So I'm like, oh, shit, why? Why do they cancel this now? But, well, well, this leads to uh, a, a topic of now now that Marvel and DC are creating universes in, uh, you know, in, in, as movies and shows. Yeah. DC just can't get their shit together, man. You know? No, no, not really. I was thinking about that too. I mean, look at the sheer mass of Marvel things they have out, the movies, the shows. I when I when I did research for that, I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot about Agents of Shield or yeah. Agent Carter. Mm -hmm. This this ill fated uh four uh four story thing on Netflix with Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and then the Defenders together. And I mean Daredevil was fucking sick. Like this, oh, yeah. this show. And then it had the offspring of the Punisher. And that dude playing the Punisher, I mean, he was in Walking Dead. I always forget his name. John Bernthal. But as a, Oh, okay. Yeah. So he he as a um he as a as the Punisher was fucking great, man. Uh, and uh that canceled. Got everything got canceled. I'm like, why the fuck? What, what what's wrong? Why is then Cloak and Dagger never saw that? The new Loki show is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the whole thing with Netflix had to do with licensing. Like, I think those shows were, I mean, especially Daredevil and The Punisher were very, and even um, Iron uh, Luke Cage. The Luke Cage one was very yeah. popular, too. I don't think the reason, I, and, and maybe anyone out, someone out there who, under, who knows the answer to this, I think it had more to do with, like, did the Disney, uh, you know, when uh, they took yeah. over everything, and Netflix. That might make sense. Yeah, yeah, and okay, licenses okay. and that kind of thing. So yeah. I, I would be – I mean, you know, Marvel has all these different phases, right? So, like, there's going to be uh, – you know, they're, they're already rolling out new things. You know, even the Loki thing on, on the Disney app is part of another phase of their progression. You know, there's yeah. going to be another Doctor Strange movie. There's going to be, the you know, the Morbius film. And then – Oh, man, yeah. I guarantee you we're going to see more Daredevil, more, more Luke Cage – 
you know, more, yeah. you have to bring the Punisher back somehow. You have to. Yes. I mean, that's like yeah. probably one of the most popular characters Marvel has, man, especially yeah. you know, in the last, like, you know, all through the 90s with the Garth Ennis, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and, it's, it has to come back. Yeah. And I think what they could do, and this is like, I'm knocking on wood here, hoping this comes together. You know, like, as my, like, again, with pro wrestling, it's like sometimes you see characters and you just wish they would de develop in this direction, and mostly they don't, and then you're disappointed. And now, with the chances they have with Marvel being this brand, which is more like, I don't know, is it more successful than Star Wars by now? Probably, but like, definitely like a multi-billion dollar franchise. And uh, they have all these movies on the horizon. The ne next Doctor Strange movie will be fucking awesome. I mean, there will be a new Avengers movie at some point. Yeah. But they, they dare to, like, the, the variety that Marvel has, they dare to do this now with like agents of shield you've got more like a csi kind of show then with loki now it's completely off that's completely something different wandavision have like i watched the first few episodes haven't not finished yet that's something completely different then they even do did modok now as a like a stop motion uh character thing on disney plus with um uh Patton Oswald voicing Modo. Oh, wow. It's like it's funny. It's it's funny. It's it's really well done. It's just like, and we had like there are funny Marvel comics and there are super dark comics and then some are more like detective stories. Some are proper superhuman things. And what I would love to see, and that's like I wrote down some like comic book things that like over the ages, I hold high up in my in my love for this genre, is um. I wish they would, like, you know, they would bring back Punisher in a context and say, like, okay, this is a new Punisher show. But then, then they would dare to do, like, spinoffs with Punisher in a different kind of setting. Like we have, I don't know, do you remember the Marvel Knights series yeah, that came out in the early 2000s? Yeah. Yep. And um, um, there was this Inhumans, Marvel's Inhumans in, in the Marvel Knights thing. It was one of the best things I ever read. And I just found out that there's a TV show about this, and I just like clicked through the episode and already hated it because they it was impossible to get this done. I mean, I'd, I'll probably watch it at some point, but there's in that time, and I don't know if you if you know it. I really hope you do. If not, you have to track it down. Have you read? It's a four part thing, uh, Punisher Purgatory. Yeah, there was um, actually there was this thing in the '90s where uh, there were, he was like a undead like supernatural yes. yeah that, yeah that was and they, they ran like a thing like it was like a, a sub label called marvel knights that had the punisher kevin oh, right. okay. kevin smith wrote daredevil he wrote a whole run of, of uh daredevil issues yeah. so yeah i'm definitely familiar with that yeah yeah because like this idea of him committing suicide because he gave up and he's then reanimated, possessed by a demon fighting like angels and trying to kill god and just like him having had these superpowers, it was so fucking cool because it was so harsh. And then there was, of course, like Marvel kills, uh, Punisher kills the Marvel Universe yeah. and stuff like this. It's like, I mean, they have, like, I think they can do this and uh, enough people will watch it. I mean, even if they wouldn't, like, bring or Marvel zombies, I don't know, like, probably they would do that too because zombies are still so popular. Um, 
but they could do like these offshoot things within like an I mean they rebooted Spider-Man three times already but they could do like you know like Spider-Man and Uncanny Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man do like these variants because there's a market for that and you can tell different appealing stories if you do so and that's the thing man like all of their output is all part of the same universe too. Like there are things yes. that happen in the movies that get referenced in the TV shows and yeah. they tell small stories and then these like cosmic epics and that's all like part yes. of the one continuum and I think that rules. Yeah. And that's where yeah. DC just can't fucking get it together, man. I'm like that's that's part <laughs> of like like you got Batman, which is also like all right, the best of DC, Batman. You cannot yeah. get it right with him, man. You know, there's yeah. so many different versions of Batman films out there. Now they're doing yet another one with uh, Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yeah. You know, then there's the Joker film that came out that was like not part of any continuity at all. There's all these like standalone yeah. films. And it's like part of me wants to be like, look, guys, you know, get it. You got to get it together here, man. It's like you, you're yeah. wasting an opportunity. Yeah. My my uh, my tattoo art guy, like he he moved studios and he's actually like probably like two minutes by foot from where I live now with his shop. And when they uh, like refurbished it and I went by and we had a talk and he and his wife, they have two kids. Um, and they're like we're talking about like, so what did you do like in the pandemic with the kids? And they said, like, we watched the whole MCU in chronological order. And I'm like, that's a fucking good idea. I should do this. I, at I some actually point. did the same thing with the movies over over the pandemic. Like every night, oh, man. for like a few yeah. weeks, I watched. I went through because they have it in order, like on the on the app. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fucking great, man. And like now, then I then I like I checked for like research purposes. I checked and like, how do all these shows fit in? And that's even crazier. They're like there are like five seasons or seven seasons of Agents of Shield now. Oh, wow. And there's like, yeah, and there's like, okay, if you watch season four, episodes one to four, they take place before Civil War starts. And then the other ones are back after the occurrences in the first Civil War. And so like these are entangled in there too. I mean, Loki is in there too, but has like this weird own time continuum. But also WandaVision has. And now Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was terrible. But like this is also important to watch because like in the next uh, next uh, Avengers movie we will have Falcon as American uh, Captain America. Right, right. So you know, yeah. I, I actually liked the Cap uh, the Winter Soldier uh, miniseries. I, I kind of enjoyed it myself. Oh man, it's like I I don't know. It's just like I thought like I the idea was good, but I couldn't get invested in it. I don't know, man. It's just like. I love the Winter Soldier. I love also the guy that plays Bucky. Like it, it's cool, and I just like I I'm not into it. I'm not interested. I don't know, man. But it's like maybe maybe in the continuum of everything, like it will pan out, and then I will be happy that I watched it. You know? Well, that that's the thing. I mean, everything's like so deliberate. You know, there's there's like a, a very there's intention with every move they make in the Marvel universe when it comes to these films yes. and series and all this stuff and. You know, DC stuff, it's like they had such a great property, like such a, you know, such yeah. a great opportunity to really put something on par with that, you know, and make the make the characters interesting again, you know, and they, they just I'm, I'm, totally ruined it. Yeah. 
and Snyder, Snyder did it. And I mean, the, I, I never watched the original cut because I was trying to not watch any DC stuff, but everybody was buzzing about the Snyder cut and like, okay, so probably, like a lot of people said, I just watched the Snyder cut and it's okay because I know the background story. I said like, okay, I have some time on my hand. I want to watch these movies. And then like, I remember watching the first Superman movie, like when it came out and I was like, I don't like it. Then I watched it again. I'm like, actually, this is pretty badass because it's so much more vicious than like, I mean, again, Superman is to me is like a two dimensional character. But the like they they tore down like more stuff in the first Superman movie than in, like in two Avengers movies where they just fucking kill the city and like all the buildings, and then it was like um actually this is pretty okay. And then when it came together in the Snyder cut, I'm like this is fucking four hours long and it didn't feel like it for a minute. The Snyder cut was great. That's like literally the only DC movie, yeah, like proper DC universe movie I like. And I'm not I don't count. Christopher Nolan's Batman in there because that it's yeah. a completely different thing or nor yes. the Joker that's a hundred percent something else but this you know with uh Ben Affleck as uh Bruce Wayne that kind of thing you know which that that's I had nothing against Ben Affleck but I don't know about him as Bruce Wayne you know what I mean yeah no I mean he's 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 like I think what everybody tore, like when Batman versus Superman came out, I just saw like the robot suit of Batman. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to watch this. And I don't like Bruce, like Ben Affleck in this. Then I said like for, for completions purposes, I'm like, okay, let's watch it. And again, I liked it, but I think I liked it because also Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was good. Yeah. And the wonder, the first Wonder Woman movie was very entertaining. The second one kind of corny, but uh, then again, it's like that's cool, and I'm 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 digging it. So like, I hope they get their shit together to some extent because the Snyder Cut was great. But yeah, like it's a hit or a miss, and, and there are more misses than hits. Where with Marvel, I mean, when I wrote down the list, so we had Captain America, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant Man, Doctor Strange, Black Panther. They were all at least entertaining. Yeah, no, even yeah. even. Yeah, even though I hated that, like Thor always, Thor has always more like a goofy kind of edge to it. Yeah. Where I wish, I, I wish he would be like the tougher, like really godlike figure that he was in the '90s in the comic books and in the '80s, but still entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like there, there, var there's varying degrees of success with the movies. You know what I mean? Like as far yeah. as like, yeah. like, like for me, really being into them, but. But I I watch all of them because I know that there's like a storyline that's being told and and it's like part of you know the whole story the narrative in general I think is pretty interesting especially you know especially the stuff with Thanos I mean that that was an epic yeah. man and I thought that was yeah. you know the, the that was great you know I thought that was really interesting yeah and for me it's like uh, I mean when we talk about the movies we should talk about stuff we look forward to or hope that will happen at some point. And I was never a really, really big fan of the Fantastic Four, but they're such an integral part of the Marvel Universe. And I mean, the two movies were not good, and then they did the remake, which was also not really good. But I mean, it brought the Silver Surfer, and like after Thanos, I was like, I want to see Galactus. Oh, yeah, man, totally Galactus, yeah. yeah. It's just like, they, I mean, they can pull it off now, and it's like with the technique they have. 
And I mean, they did it. I mean, they they sent Spider Man, like the guy that's like the small kid, they sent him into space, like to rescue uh, Tony Stark, and he got the suit. So they can make it work because that's when when um, when when you watch uh, the Snyder cut, it's just like okay, there's this super powered entity, and you have like a goddess, and you have like a, a, a guy that can run super fast. They all attack him, and there's this guy in his black suit that can throw a boomerang. You know, it's just yeah. like, okay, how do you how do you have him fight something like this? But that's what they always did well, I think, with Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and all this stuff, like when it came to Galactus. And at some point, that must be the next step. Well, I'm hoping for the Fantastic Four. I'm hoping for the X-Men to make an appearance in the... In the oh, man, yeah. And there's a couple more obscure characters, which I'm surprised haven't reared their heads. Yeah. Adam Warlock. Oh, man, yes. Yes. One of the more interesting characters, I think, in the Marvel Universe. And I think that not having him as in the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, was kind of like, unless they have plans for him to show up later, I think that that's kind huh. of like a misstep, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, to totally. Totally with you. It's just like, I mean, they, they, I, I, I love Tom Hardy. And I thought at first, like, him being Venom is a fucking great idea. And then they had, because of being like a, a Disney property, it had to be uh, for kids too. Mm -hmm. And they missed out on this because Venom must have been, like, should have been way more brutal. Yeah. And I mean, the actual Venom figure in the movie looked fantastic. Right. And then, so then again, the next mischance is like, as much as I love Woody Harrelson, when they're teased in the end, it's like, oh, we've got someone else here in the psych ward. He's called Cassidy. I'm like, oh, shit, they're bringing in Carnage. Oh, man. And then it's like you see Woody fucking Harrelson with red curly hair, like a guy in his 50s. And <laughs> like, and Cletus, Cletus Cassidy for me was like this cheeky, small, young dude, right. more like the joke, Joker kind of character, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, so they're going to fuck this up too, especially how do you want to do Carnage? If the movie is rated R for kids, you know, like this is not happening. If you want to have the symbiotes, you have like, especially Carnage, there will be dead people and rolling limbs, you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, some, some of the other, other characters that I, I'd like to see is Moon Knight. Oh yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's definitely like. Like we were talking about him as being like definitely, I think the um, the analog to Batman is is Daredevil in reality. Yeah. But like I was saying, like on paper, Moon Knight could be like your your uh, you know your Bruce Wayne. Like the but, uh, once again, he's got multiple different different personalities. Like Mark Spector is like one of his character, one of his personalities, and yeah. you know he's got all these different like it's such an interesting character to go with, and um, and I think they just kind of like. They need to bring him in on board in the Marvel Universe. Well, you want to have good news? Sure. I, 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 <laughs> I always like good news. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so digitalspy.com. That's like an article I had for the chronological order of the thing, which has, has the whole chronological order up until number 74, which is the last one, Spider-Man Far From Home. And then it has like this list, upcoming MCU movies and TV shows. Black Widow is the next one. Then there will be in August this year will be a what if movie, which see like this this is the stuff I thought about like you know like doing what if movies. What if it oh. wasn't it wasn't Uncle Ben if they killed and they didn't kill Uncle Ben and Spider-Man would have been bad. Then it will be Shang Chi, 
The Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, December this year. Miss Marvel, sometime this year. Hawkeye, oh, nice. also a good character. Yep. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Thor, Love and Thunder, which will be March and May next year. Black Panther, The Marvels, and then She-Hulk 2022. Oh, that's cool. And Moon Knight 2022. Oh, next year, man, Moon Knight. That's awesome. I, I'm, yes. gonna, I, yes. I'm interested to see who they're going to get to play uh, Mark Spector. Yeah. That is, there will be Secret Invasion, a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Horrible. But then Ant-Man next, another Ant-Man movie. That w they were entertaining. I really, I, I actually nothing. loved, I love the Ant-Man movies. I really did. Yeah. I thought they were great. I, I love uh, yeah. what's his name there, the guy who played Ant-Man, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, Paul Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. yeah, he's great. Yeah, and then another Blade movie, another Fantastic Four, another X-Men, Deadpool three, Ironheart, and Armor Wars. Yeah. You know what, man? The Blade, the even the I'm excited about Blade too. And, yeah, but even the the Wesley Snipes, those three films, I stand by those movies, man, as great yeah. movies. I really dig those. Like, like them too. Yeah, for me, it's um when I saw this list, the the the, the what got my heart pumping is that there will be another X Men movie because despite a lot of people hating them, I really love the reboot they did, especially since they brought to the two universes together in the um, Days of Future Past one. And that introduced also with Daredevil, uh, with Deadpool, they finally introduced Cable and Bishop. And these are like two characters I absolutely love. In the second Deadpool, I had Juggernaut. Juggernaut needs to have a bigger appearance than in the original X-Men movies. Um, and I want to see Onslaught. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they did Age of Apocalypse and now uh, like they have to do Onslaught. And I want to see a proper representation of Mr. Sinister. Um, and I finally want to have a movie where like Wolverine versus Sabretooth is not the fucking guy from Ray Donovan, which also just has like longer fingernails, but it looks like actually fucking Sabretooth. Yeah. Well, I heard they they need to get a new Wolverine then because I heard Hugh Jackman's uh, stepping out away from the from the role. Yes, which is terrible because he, I mean, that's his role. Yeah. Totally. I mean, he he's he's like I like him as an actor. For me, I think Prisoner is, Prisoners is one of the best movies of the last 30 years. And he's he's a reliable, solid character in all the movies. But dude, like him as Wolverine, is there like... I always wanted, when I was younger, I wished that Jack Nicholson would have been Wolverine. Sure. And I mean, in the Wolf movie, you could see like he could actually, he could have done it, but he's too old now. But like Hugh Jackman is the man. And yeah, without him, it will be difficult to have like a next Wolverine, yeah. Yeah, I think that just the physical demands of that character, like the dieting yeah. and the steroid use and stuff like that, that he yeah, needs to do. Dude. It's like, you know, I mean, let's face it. You know what I mean? Like in Hollywood, they don't have USADA doesn't come to drug test you, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> these dudes who are like, they get super jacked. And then you see yeah. them like a, a six months later and they're normal. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to say yeah. know, that I'm saying I'm not, I'm not complaining, but like, you gotta, you have to be using some kind of steroid, or you know, I don't believe it's just push-ups push and pull-ups and and eating no. steaks every day. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, but like the last podcast we did, remember like what what De Niro did to get in shape for uh, for Max Katie. I mean, he had his fucking teeth for grinded down for five thousand dollars to have like fixed after the movie for twenty thousand oh, dollars. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, look at uh, what's it, the mechanist. Oh, the machinist, with the, um, yeah, with uh, with Christian uh, the machinist, yeah, 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 yeah. When he lost all that weight, or um, like people that gain this much weight and to lose, I mean, that's you can do it if that's your full time job and someone pays you to that to do that, and you have like uh, someone that monitors it and helps you to get back in shape afterwards. But I mean, it's incredible to go all like all in to do stuff like this. And I mean, if you watch like from the first X-Men movies, which was I think early 2000s or 1998 or something to like the the last like the, the what's that um, origin story? No, no origins was the terrible one um, where he's in, in Japan. Where's the the. the uh, where Wolverine goes to Oh, yeah, Japan. it's that whole storyline with the Yakuza. Yeah, I forgot the name of that yeah. movie, though. But, yeah, that's Dude, actually one of my and, favorite uh, miniseries from yeah. the 80s. Yeah. And then that, also that movie is great. It but is. if you look at, like, how Hugh Jackman looked in the first Wolverine or in Weapon X and how he looks like looked in the last movies as, as Wolverine... He's like he he gained more weight and more muscles to play him, and dude, this dude is just like I remember, like yeah, in Days of Future Past, when when he goes back through time and wakes up in this hotel room and has these seventies hippie clothing things on, <laughs> where he had just like sex with that girl and these guys, the mob guys come in, and he's just there with his pants on and just see like his upper body, and he looks so unbelievably in shape. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's beyond. It's beyond. Like it's. It's it's fucking chemicals, man. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, literally yeah. like, like I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, I I I mean I've never taken steroids, but like I've been around dudes who you obviously through mostly guys that are like bodybuilders. You know, like back yeah. in the day when I used to go to actual like weightlifting gyms, like I would see like one particular guy when I was in college. I remember I would go home for the summer and I worked out at this gym. So it's like one summer I'm working out. This new guy, he just got out of the Marines. He like in shape for sure, strong guy. A, a year, you know, months later, I come back, back for like uh, summer, the next summer. The dude was like fucking gigantic. Like, <laughs> like I, it's hard to put weight on, like muscle weight on. But this guy was like uh, forty pounds heavier. Oh man! And he was like obviously, and that the gym actually was known as being a haven for uh, steroid uh, use. Mm. So, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm not judging anyone for doing what they're doing, but, like, that guy, like, like Hugh Jackman, for sure, man. Like, and as you get older, you know, and he's got to be, what, like 50 in his 50s now? Yeah, yeah. It gets harder and harder to put that kind of mass on in, in a short period of time, so. So you want to tell me if I'm not training out like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> I will never be in shape like this man? You know, just like Sheer Will and Pumping Iron. Yeah, well, Arnold, Arnold, like it, you know, he he's where they learned all that steroid stuff, man. You know? <laughs> no, it was just the Austrian spirit, man. And you know, you, we see in the, in the German history what Austrian spirit can bring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, exactly, <laughs> man. You know, yeah, yeah man. So, uh, yeah, this Marvel is such a like. I'm I'm so glad we like doing this episode because it's just there's so much like sheer mass of great stuff we could talk about and just like yeah i mean i think most listeners that listen to this podcast will probably like marvel too yeah yeah i mean you know and like i said some of it is a little you know it's i like it you like it we like comic books like we're into the whole culture yeah. of that but it's like you know 
obviously if you're someone who is hasn't bought into this you're not gonna you know like oh this is great you know what i mean it's like you have to be on board to like this yeah. stuff, you know it's like yeah it is what it is you know yeah pe people uh, that hate comic books will probably not be around at this time into the podcast oh, yeah, anymore no, for sure for sure <laughs> yeah Maybe, maybe if they're into like two uh, masculine voices, maybe, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Stentorian voices. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one character, though, and this is complicated, is that I know they have a Captain Marvel, like obviously yes. the, the female version of Captain Marvel, which is also in the comics. But yeah. the, the Jim Starlin, Roy Thomas version of Captain Marvel, that we'll never see him, I bet. And I, I really yes. enjoyed those stories, like those cosmic adventures of him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that would be great. And that's like, again, when we did that, uh, the Cape Fear episode, and I, there, there are these, these um, parts of the comic strip in Max Cady's cell. And it has Marvel yeah. and has, uh, has Black Bolt from Inhumans. And then I like looked it up from what issue this is and like i'm trying to track down now this this part but yeah they need to do more of this like i like the sci-fi element of some of the marvel stuff and if they do like this this more space oriented kind of narrative and then that's where you could also bring in again uh like silver surfer and finally bring galactus maybe that should be the hack to uh, the, the hashtag for this episode Bring, bring us Galactus or something. They have to. He's probably one of the most popular villains, man. And also the Silver Surfer too. You know, like we, I yeah. Like when I was a kid, I remember they reprinted uh, like this run of Silver Surfer where he was like exiled to the planet Earth and like he there was like a force field around that and he couldn't leave. Yeah. And uh, they it was in some reprint series they had because the storyline originally was done in the in the seventies and it was like Roy Thomas and I think. Uh, John, John Buscema, I think, did the art on it. And that was like this almost like this like Shakespearean like tragedy. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And and I'm like, man, that's the kind of stuff I want to see like that. Maybe not a film like maybe that might not be the blockbuster like. But to tell a story of the Silver Surfer in that era where yeah. Galactus exiles him as like a six part, like similar to the Loki, uh, the Loki miniseries. Yes, you know something where it's yes. like six parts. You get a feel for the character, and then he's part of the universe. Yes, that would be okay, exactly. I'm totally down with that idea. One other comment about uh, Star Lord, actually. I, you know, my one gripe is that the version of Star Lord that I like was the early version of him, which came out like um, back. Star Lord was always like this backup story in like. Uh, yes. There was a magazine-sized book. Uh, the rampaging Hulk and mm -hmm. Star Lord was like the second, like a backup in that. And there was also like Marvel preview, which is like a black and white magazine. And they told these stories of like this lone kind of like bleak, these bleaker stories of this guy traveling by himself through space. Yeah. And it had like a, like a very isolated feel to it. And there was no like yeah. joking around. There was no humor to it. And that's and then later on, I think, when Star-Lord came back in the 90s or the early 2000s, he was like this kind of like joking, like wisecracking guy. And that's, unfortunately for me, that's the, that's the version of Star-Lord they went with in the, in the films. Yeah. But and I think that's because of the mixture of characters that they try to make it more funny in a way. Yeah. Kind of the approach they took with Deadpool, but Deadpool always was like this. And 
I think the tr the transfer from the comic books to the Deadpool movies is pretty well done, especially since they didn't take themselves too seriously and like made fun of the Marvel universe itself. And I I really love those two movies. And Ryan Reynolds is great as Deadpool in this. Ryan Reynolds is awesome anyway. I like him as an actor. I think he's great. And and I really also, really also, really enjoy those two also, movies. Also, did you like him in Green Lantern? You know what, man? Not really, but because no. the, the script sucked, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course, yeah. And that's, that's what I said. Like, it's, it's, I think, again, when you go to a more cosmic thing and do it like properly, they could have done it right. But at that time, they weren't ready, so they dropped the ball before. And I mean, Marvel did drop the ball at some stuff and rebooted it. And I think they want to do another Green Lantern movie because I think in the... Um, the idea was in the Snyder cut that in the end, when the man, what is Mar Manhunter? Oh, the, like Mar the Martian they, Manhunter. Yeah. Yeah, that was supposed to be a Green Lantern coming. So yeah, I read that they wanted to. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but they said they 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 pulled the trigger on that because um, because they uh, said like, oh no, we uh, we we're not ready to have like this movie done and yeah so they could have done it better but like dude like the humor the humor is so good in in the deadpool movies especially like in the end when he when he shoots himself like when he shoots ryan reynolds when he signs like the the, the script for like or the contract for making green lantern and it's like it's it's so hilarious and i mean great Look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Most kids in my school love that, and they don't like a lot, lot of them like Marvel movies. But everyone's like, all the kids are into Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody had a baby Groot for a while, <laughs> and and you know, and it's just like it, it is what it is, and they're good movies and they're entertaining. And I think they did like they they integrated them well into the Infinity War thing, which I was afraid of. Like, how do they have these corny characters in this bigger cinematic thing? But it did it well, but Deadpool is just like it's out there something else, and yeah, both of these movies are fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just that it's um you know the treatment. I mean, I get why they did it that way, but um you know I I really enjoyed like the the early seventies version of Star Lord. But then yeah. again, I'm a, you know what, who the fuck am I, man? I'm this like old guy like you know <laughs> commenting yeah. on this popular culture, you know. <laughs> Hey, and at, at least if they don't fuck it up, that's already a good thing because that's what DC is doing. They're dropping the ball on good characters, and if even if it's not the Star Lord you wanted, or like in some other movies where I also say like this, I, I mean Cletus Cassidy, like Woody Harrelson being Cletus Cassidy, it probably won't suck, but it's still not the thing I actually wanted. But still, in the, in the greater scheme of things, awesome that it's there, and hopefully they they don't ruin it, and maybe it leads to an actual symbiotes movie at some point yeah yeah definitely you know totally unrelated to uh the marvel universe someday i'd like to see them do a really good version of conan yes i mean i like the i like the both conan movies but they're like what they are from the time but that could have been like should have had a better treatment yeah yeah i mean i i mean i i of course i love the the first you know the you know Schwarzenegger and and the the one that came out a few years ago wasn't it, I, no. I didn't love it you know but it wasn't that yeah. bad really you know but like yeah. to really get into it, the whole world building of the Conan universe you know would yeah. be would be great and I mean I, I who knows if there's even a plan to do something like that you know 
Yeah. For for me, when I when I ha would have to choose from all the comic stuff, um, I mean the the part like the preacher was one of the best things I've ever read. Yes. And I think the show was so so. Didn't yeah. hate it, but it wasn't that good. So like a proper. I always whenever I watch uh, No Country for Old Men, that's the kind of vibe I wanted to have from from sure. preacher. Yeah. And, uh, but the one thing I would like, if I, okay, so Ralph, you can invest all your money in one proper comic movie. I want to have like a proper spawn remake. Oh yeah. Man. Like yeah. that, that universe, this figure, like the violator and the clown in the beginning straight away is like, there's so much untapped potential. And I mean, the movie from like the optical aspect back then was great. They just didn't have the budget and it wasn't the right time for that. But now with the techniques, like technical aspects we have now to bring, bring Spawn to life would be fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Have you ever seen the HBO animated Spawn? No, oh. never. I always wanted to get that, but I've never seen it. Yes, that, that's the closest oh, proper man, okay. representation of the comic book that I've ever seen. It's really, really good. No. Yeah, it's, it's no, still man. out there on HBO if you want to ever check it out. Yeah, the thing is here we uh, German like Europe doesn't have HBO, so the only thing we have the Sky, and you gotta get a Sky app, and and I they they only have like parts of the HBO program, oh, right. and then also the app is the worst to handle ever. So whenever you like play something and you stop in the middle of the movie, and you like shut down the TV, put it back on, you have to like enter your email address, your password, oh, you know, with, with the with the click thing on, on your like on your remote control and then it doesn't save where you are so you start the episode from new then it always plays in german first so you have to stop it go back then it loads the episode from the beginning so it's it's this i don't know how how they're not figuring out to do this app because netflix is like programmed for monkeys so everybody can do it it's so easy and I mean, they should just steal it and do the same thing. But no Sky app here, terrible. If you like, you have some shows, and then, for example, one of my favorite shows ever, The Leftovers. You have season two and three, but not the first one. So, <laughs> That's terrible, why, why, yeah, it's like, why are you doing this? Then they they started having when Game of Thrones was still back on. You could see Game of Thrones. Like pretty much at the same time it came out in the states, but it always cost extra money because they charge I don't know they charge you 3 euros to like have an episode and I'm not willing to pay that much money for like a thing that I'm streaming and yeah shit like this will like will they're still missing out on the chance to do like a, a proper streaming thing which is comparable to the states because they still think we're buffoons here that like it's okay if you watch the season finale of Game of Thrones 2 years after it aired in the states <laughs> that sounds like a real drag man Oh man, when you when you talked about uh, on the last podcast, I, I think there was the one in the Earth. Um, I need to talk to, to to Jeff about Millennium. I was like, yeah, man, I I I loved that back then. But you can't get a DVD version, a Blu-ray version of it. There's it's not streaming anywhere here, so you ha just have shitty like illegal sites to watch it, and then it's probably some VCR rip that someone uploaded. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's drag dreadful like this. Like it, there's this um, <coughs> HBO does all these cool miniseries. I just watched Mayor of East Town, 
so seven episodes and uh, the story off and stuff like this, like these great small formats, and you can't see them here because they just don't put them on the Sky app. And, and it's just like, yo, so if you don't want to have people illegally watching your shit, get your streaming shit right. Because right here in Europe, there's a market that is also maybe intrigued in watching this and not just like the Dexter rerun for the 57th time. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that that's that you guys couldn't just get HBO Max in Europe. Wow. No, like to to be that side you told me about. Yeah, I can't ex I can't ex access it from here. I'm I'm actually considering getting like a VPN. Yeah. So like there's this stuff called Surfshark, which is like then at least I could watch American Netflix or it, it it's the same weird thing that like when I talk to Danny and sh her algorithm on Netflix shows her different movies than I have. So when I, when I punch it in, it's like, okay, I want to see this. It doesn't even say that Netflix has it, but Danny, she lives like two minutes by bike from here. She can watch it because it's like a different algorithm. And uh, so there's a lot of shit online somewhere I'm not allowed to access. I'm Dude, I, I would pay 15 euros for a season of a show I want to watch so I don't have to watch it illegally, but I don't want to wait for five years or maybe miss out forever in watching it. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's funny you were talking about Millennium. That's not streaming anywhere, as far as I can tell. Yeah. You know, like that's not on Hulu. The ironically, the um, there's a documentary that's made about the about that movie. I mean, not that movie, the TV show with Lance Henriksen. That yeah. you can get that on Prime, but you can't get Millennium anywhere. So oh, I, I mean, I'm lucky I have the box set, but still, it's like I don't know, weird things Dude, like that happen. You know. Yeah, and it's whenever like you and Jeff do like, or you and Mike do like a podcast on Necro about a movie, and I listen to it. I'm like, okay, cool, I want to watch that too. Then I go to like Amazon Prime here, and it says like we'll be streaming from August 20 or 21. So okay, cool. And then it's just like not available, or like it's listed, but you can't stream it. You can't access it from here. Then it's like okay. Does the like does the director have it somewhere online? I can buy it. So like I just own it digitally. Like there's also because the, these small things, most people don't have that. So what I do I do? There's this website fmovies.com, which has like all the stuff as illegal stuff. And so I'm sitting there watching the Death Center or uh, Sador and all these movies watching and I know like I'm doing a shitty thing because I actually wanted to support the people doing this, but I have no chance of watching them here. Man, yeah, yeah. We yeah. worldwide, man. We need to get this stuff together. You know? Yeah, and I, it's the same thing. That when they did it with Dark, I mean, Dark is a German production, and it dropped everywhere in the world at the same time and became this huge success. So why is it possible to do this way around, but not the other way around? Why is there still stuff like regional codes? If I buy like an American Blu-ray, I need to get a different Blu-ray player that actually allows me to watch it. I hate that. I hate that that's a thing, man. I really don't understand that either. Oh, man. Like in the in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s with the Blu-ray thing, like all the great uncut horror movies, they were all like A1 and I couldn't access it. So I always had the A2 discs and they were cut. And like, dude, there was like a version of the first Hellraiser where they had like the cutout scenes that were in the American box set. They had it. And it was in the movie. You could watch it in English, but it, for these two sec, like you could watch the movie in German. And then it switched back to English and looked like a fucking VHS. So shit like this all the time. Where Anchor Bay 
dropped all these great ass Blu-ray box or DVD boxes back then. And I ordered them and I couldn't play it. So I bought a DVD player that is like code free, which is illegal. Then I had to find like an internet code to unlock it. And I've, <laughs> you, 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 you want to like as a movie addict, you kind of feel like a criminal at some point. It's just like <laughs> hack, hack, hacking into Skynet to to see like a show you want to see and by that triggering like a world annihilation scenario. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we did it, man. And uh, yeah, got, got our point across here. And uh, you know, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And um, yeah, man, it's great talking to you again. Yes, always a pleasure. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll see and hear each other next month. Another day, another statue falls out in the dark.